just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. And, you know, uh, hi, Judy, by the way. Great to have you guys who are watching live. Um, there are some awful things in this world. And bad things happen to innocent people. Bad things happen to good people. And that is one of the most difficult things when it comes to, uh, I think, our faith and, and understanding that God is, yes, a good God, even though we live in a terribly, terribly fallen world. I think one of the most powerful things in helping us understand that truth and to understand that we can come through these things, that bad things can be uh, turned into something good, not that they're good, but good can come out of it. One of the most powerful things is listening to people's testimonies. Uh, Larry, good to have you in Tennessee. So um, you're going to hear one of those testimonies today, uh, and it's going to be raw, and it's going to be real, and i it may not be suitable for for children, so if you're listening in a place where you got kids in the car or something, just want to warn, warn you up front because I want you to hear the truth, and and I'm not afraid to uh, let my guests tell you the raw truth because we got to get real to get to real healing. So my guest today is Thomas Gregory Stewart, and he he has his story in a book that is out and available right now. It's called On Wings Like Eagles. Looks just like this. Uh, available where you get books um, if you really want to get into the detail of his story but you're going to hear it today and I just want you to even through the the pain and the ugliness and the difficulty to hear what God can do in someone's life Thomas I appreciate you being here with us on Life Today Live thank you so much I'm very humbled to be here so I think I set the the table for you go ahead and tell your story and and just just tell us, you know, where where some of the pain started because it's it as ugly as it is. I think people need to hear the truth because it's beautiful what God has done and continues to do in your life. Thank you so much. My brother Matt and I were raised in uh, Seattle, Washington. My mom was mentally ill. My dad was an absent workaholic for the most part. I would characterize our household as an insane insane asylum. Friends were never allowed over. There were severe consequences to saying no to our mom, including having our mouths washed out with Fels naphtha laundry soap, which is, uh, as it turns out, naphtha is a cancer-causing chemical. It was an ideal setting for a pedophile to come in and sexually abuse my brother and I. We were loved for what we could do, not who we were. The analogy of a pedophile preying on boys is a, a wolf circling sheep. And the wolf knows the, the weakest sheep to prey on, and Matt and I were the weakest boys. Hmm. I first met Bruce Phelps, our neighbor who lived down the street, when I was six. He was 16. And he began grooming me at that age. And then when, on my eighth birthday, I was really excited about my first Cub Scout pack meeting. And Bruce took me to that meeting. And then on the way home, 
in the middle of nowhere, he sexually abused me. And that was the beginning of my lost childhood. He would force me to perform other sexual acts on him as the years went on. And I was sexually abused at different locations, including the basement in my parents' home with my parents upstairs. Mm. When I turned 11, I joined Boy Scouts and Bruce promised to take me all the way to Eagle Scout and enticed me by the thought of earning merit badges. And for each merit badge, I was sexually abused multiple times. Uh, the fishing merit badge on his boat, uh, the camping merit badge in a tent pitched in his parents' backyard, uh, the swimming merit badge in a locker room on a military base in Tacoma. And then as the years went on, uh, the abuse got worse. And then on my 14th birthday, he uh, took me to his home in, in West Seattle. And uh, I'll never forget. Um, and I apologize. I try not to be too detail oriented on this, but um, he uh, had locked the bedroom door and I was uh, naked on my knees and he was behind me and he pulled out his gun and said, I will kill you and your family. If you ever tell anyone, mm. you will do exactly as I say. And then he would rape me by sodomy. Um, I would wake up the next morning, bleeding, crying, and he would then take me home. Um, and I clung to this amazing God. God was all I had to endure, uh, four years of sodomy. And he gave me second Corinthians 12 at that point, um, that his power would be made perfect through my weakness. And I realized that God had to be everything in my life and I had to be nothing to make, make it through this uh, four years of sodomy. The ironic thing is that I would rather be with Bruce than my mom most of the time, which is crazy. Um, and you see my mom, it was 24 seven. She was physically, emotionally abusive to me, but Bruce, it was actually fun. Most of the time there was just short intervals of this soul deadening abuse. Yeah. But amidst, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. But amidst all of this, uh, God, brought me uh, through the impossible uh, with during this four years of sodomy. How, how, how did it end? What stopped it? You know, actually, um, after I received Eagle Scout and when I was a senior in high school, um, it was actually uh, going off to college. And uh, that was really the the defining moment uh, when I went off to college and I would not see him again, except maybe I'll, I'll share it later, except one more time. Uh, when, what, what point did you 
understand because I mean, I, when you're a kid, you you don't know, you, and you're being groomed, you're you're being manipulated, you're being lied to. Um, at what point did you realize what had happened to you was really, really wrong? You know, I had blocked. God had given me the gift of blocking this trauma. And from, I would say, ages 18 to to 40. And I think it's when my brother uh, had read about the Catholic Church abuse victims coming forward um, in 2002 and that he wanted to file a lawsuit against the Boy Scouts to make them safer. I think at age 40, when I finally broke my silence, uh, that's when I realized, you know, that's when I really started to heal through Jesus Christ and realized, you know, the horrific childhood I'd had. What what does this secret do from, you know, 18 to 41? It has to manifest itself in negative ways, uh, I would think. I don't know. How, how did it impact your life for those 20-something years? Well, I think obviously one thing would be trust, just trust in general of um, of people, I guess, maybe men, although I had a very dominant mother. Um, honestly, Randy, God really protected me, not to say I didn't, I think it does affect every decision you make in life. Um, but God really, really protected me during those years. Um, and, you know, my brother was not so fortunate. I don't think he, he remembered every little thing in our childhood. And I think that that's much more difficult. Um, I remember a lot, but you know, God gave me the gift of blocking. Did, uh, did you ever seek any type of, counseling because I can't imagine that I can't imagine that you you wouldn't need some sort of professional help frankly yes um actually I you know for I went through counseling for a variety of things actually one thing was perfectionism my mom was an extreme perfectionist um actually going through the boy scout lawsuit uh we you know went through psychologists and that was kind of that was part of the lawsuit you know our lawyers had a psychologist and then their their lawyers so um so i have been through counseling off and on but i don't know if you ever really get to the point only through jesus christ will you be healed of this Mm. yes counselors are you know important but I don't think it even scratches the surface without the power of Jesus in, in healing me. So talk talk about that a little bit. Um, and, and when you say healing, I mean, I would think that it would be the kind of healing where it's not an open wound, but there's scars still, you know. Um, explain how that happened, where God was during your life, where, you know, because that, that's, that's a difficult thing. I mean, I, I can, I've heard people that have been through such things say, you know, God was with me through the abuse and I felt his presence. I've, I've heard other people say, you know, I wonder, God, where are you? Why did you let this happen to me? Where were you? So I think 
to start during our landmark lawsuit against the Boy Scouts during the eight hour depositions, they brought in Bruce across the table mm. to intimidate us. And, you know, that was obviously very unsettling at first. God gave me a lot of peace. And, but I'll never forget looking at Bruce and the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to forgive Bruce of his trespasses. Wow. And if you don't, I won't forgive you of your trespasses. And it's not, it's not an option. It's a command. Hmm. And, and then the Holy Spirit said that I had a good plan for Bruce. He chose evil, but I will turn that evil into good hmm. for the saving of many lives. And I, I believe with all my heart, God does allow trials in our lives. And some of us will go through more trials than others, but that, you know, Genesis 50, 20 is a, a key verse in my life where Joseph told his brothers, you intended to harm me, but I intended it for good, you know, to do what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so I think that was the start. I believe with all my heart that forgiveness is the only way to be set free from that prison of bitterness and resentment. And so I, you know, the forgiveness piece, um, you know, first of all, it started with, you know, breaking my silence. Um, then God told me, let it go. Uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, that this is God's battle. And as hard as, it, this, as hard as it is, this is God's battle. And then he gave me Matthew 5, 44, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you. And so I began praying a blessing on Bruce and his family, mm -hmm. which was extremely difficult initially. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it took years of praying for him. And finally, at uh, the end of 2015, I went to his house in West Seattle. And, you know, I hadn't seen him in 35 years since I was 18, since he last abused me. And I'll never forget, I was face to face with him. And I said, I forgive you for what you did to me as a boy. Hmm. And at that point, God set me free. Not that I don't have scars, not that I still don't have occasional nightmares from being abused at gunpoint, but he essentially set me free so that I could help set others free through the power of Jesus Christ. And um, I just, obviously there's victims that cannot, especially women with men that cannot forgive their betrayers, you know, face to face or safety issues. But in this case, uh, that was what set me free. And I know to some people it sounds absurd, but you know, God allowed it for a reason. And the reason was that um, ultimately Matt and I were, my brother and I were the first two to ever come forward to expose the pedophiles and the Boy Scouts. Hmm. And you know, we filed our lawsuit in 2003. Eventually we went before the Washington State Supreme Court and, and then uh, Ultimately, in 2020, almost 100,000 victims came forward, Boy Scout abuse victims. Jeez. And that's the tip of the iceberg. And God would use Matt and I. He essentially chose my brother and I out of probably 200 million boys over 100 years in Boy Scouts uh, to take this torch on. And so... You know, I'm very humbled and honored that God would do that. I know that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> um, but that that would be my legacy. 
and uh, as far as setting these uh, abuse victims free. It's interesting in our lawyer's office uh, that their slogan uh, was uh, yesterday's children helping today's tomorrow's children. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really hit me. All right. So several questions for you here. Uh, but first, I want to show people your book. Anybody that isn't, is interested, wants to read about this, that you need some help, you need some, you need someone, uh, you know someone who this would benefit. You can pick up on Wings Like Eagles by Thomas Stewart, uh, wherever you get books. Um, but uh, so first of all, how, how did how did he react on that porch when you told him you forgave him? What was Bruce's reaction? Actually, he was really rude and less than cordial. I mean, okay. he basically said, um, I hope you stop lying about, I hope you and your brother stop lying about the abuse. And he was on national TV with Katie Jarrett on CBS Evening News. He, he admitted to the abuse okay. you know, under oath. And so I, uh, you know, and then people will say, well, where's the justice? You know, he never served a day in prison. And you know what? I believe he's in his own prison. He was a beaten, downtrodden man. Yes, he had done some horrific things on this earth. But, you know, last time I checked, you know, I like to say when I do prison ministry talk in prisons that uh, last time I checked, you know, I've struggled with pride my whole life. And if there was, a, you know, if there was a prison for pride, I'd probably be on death row. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a sin's, a sin's a sin in God's eyes. And as horrific as this has been. Um, and, you know, so, but there was closure because, you know, even though he didn't, he wasn't repentant, um, God set me free mm-hmm. by forgiving him. And it's really not about the betrayer, it's about the victim and God setting me free. Um. I, just on a theological note, I, I do believe there is a scriptural case for different degrees of sin. All fall yeah. short of God's glory, but even in the Old Testament, yes. there were different sacrifices for different sins. Yes. Uh, and, and an interesting note, um, because when you forgave him, you didn't insist that the government stop doing its job, which is to protect victims and to punish evil doers. How do you, have you put much sort of, you know, thought into the fact that you can, on an individual level, forgive and pray for and bless someone, and on a uh, societal level, insist that even though Bruce didn't face prison time, you know, any abuser should, can we do both of those things at the same time? Yes, I think so. I guess I, you know, obviously I'm more toward the, you know, individual forgiveness part, but I have uh, been part of a survivor's network for those abused by Catholic priests. Um, I have been part of, you know, support groups in in trying to uh, improve legislation against against the the betrayers, you know, the perpetrators. Uh, So I I do believe in that as well. And in my case, Bruce never served a day in jail, but, you know, we will all be judged by the Lord. And like I said, I think yeah. he was a very, a very downtrodden man just by his countenance. And um, he was in his own prison, his own emotional prison, even though it wasn't a, a physical prison. So let's talk about you for a moment, uh, because, you know, hearing this, I, it, 
it's amazing one to to hear you say the things you say but what has your life turned out like what I, I can only imagine that when you, in obedience, forgive that level of abuse, as God told you, you, you heard in your spirit, and you chose to do it, what blessings have you experienced in your life? Hmm. Well, I think, um, first of all, I had uh, life-threatening Hodgkin's disease, lymph node cancer in college. And miraculously, I was wrestling with a friend in the dorm room and miraculously went in to get an x-ray and they found Hodgkin's disease and said that if I hadn't come in when I did or um, if I had come in, if I'd hurt another part of my body, I wouldn't be here. Mm. But God, first of all, God miraculously healed uh, cancer in college. And that led to my job at Boeing as a chemical engineer where I do research on eliminating carcinogens in the workplace. Mm. And so I think the blessing has come in this theme of Genesis 50, 20, God turned evil into good my whole life. Uh, my abusive childhood into, you know, saving generations of Boy Scouts to come. Uh, almost dying from cancer, God turning that evil into good um, and saving people's lives at Boeing. Um, and I was able to have children with my first wife, and that was really a miracle um, Brian, Ben and Becca. And I think the hardest thing has been losing my younger son, Benny at the age of 23 to uh, accidental heroin overdose. And he actually passed away. And that's part of the reason I did the interview today. He uh, passed away today, August 11th, eight years ago. Hmm. And I know that doesn't sound like a blessing, but God is really, saved lives all over this world through my story, through Benny's death. It saved his brother's life. Both my boys went into extreme drugs and alcohol uh, because of the first divorce. And God has really turned that around. And um, I've had tumultuous relationships with my wives, but honestly, I, I don't know if that really was from my childhood. Um, every Every furnace that I've gone through in my life, God has been there every step of the way. And that's the only way that I've, I've gotten through this. There is uh, quite a bit in Scripture that talks about finishing well. Uh, and I know, you know, when you look back on your life as a child, as an adult, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of mistakes. But yet I hear someone who is choosing to say, I'm going to give myself to glorifying God, to helping others in any way that I can. Um, what, do, what do you want to see for the rest of your life? I think for me, the greatest blessing on this earth is to help set other people free through the power of Jesus Christ. Hmm. If, you know, going through my abuse as a child, losing Benny is part of that then praise God, there was a, a man in Pennsylvania that reached out to me and uh, he said the book saved his life. And um, he was a severe abuse victim. And actually I had a little, I had had a little Benny bear that I slept with in memory of Benny and I gave it to him and uh, it saved his life. And I think Randy that just sharing this message of hope 
And I, you know, I'm grateful. I have the compassion for a lot of different situations because I've been through just about every type of trial. And I I do believe to be a helper, we have to first be a sufferer. And there's just no way we're going to relate with people that are going through different trials unless we've been through them. And I've been through just about every trial. And, you know, for that, I'm grateful. Uh, I'm, I'll always grieve Benny that he's in heaven. And God has really spoken to me, given me a lot of new revelations after Benny's death. And, you know, I'm very grateful for that. For for your other children, what? how do you want them to think of you now and remember you later? There's obviously a danger in, I guess, idolizing Benny. He was, you know, the one I was, I am very close to all three of my kids, but Benny and I were inseparable. And so I, I think part of it is that I love them just as much as I love Benny. And that, I guess, not to remember what I went through as a boy so much, but to remember the legacy, you know, what God has done in turning evil into good Mm. and saving all these Boy Scout victims and other people. Um, And that, you know, I love them more than anything in the whole world. And God's actually brought them back into my, you know, back into my life closer than ever. And uh, they really struggled after losing Benny. Yeah. And so I'm, I believe that God's going to have me finish strong. The Josh McDowell endorsement on the, my life story is, <laughs> is, is ridiculous. It is, you know, I met him a couple of weeks ago in, in Seattle and it was life changing. And I'm just praying that uh, I can share this story all over the world if that's what God wants me to do. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he suffered abuse too. Yes, we have very similar lives, actually, as mm-hmm. boys. He had a near-fatal car accident in college and, uh, mm-hmm. and lost a sister. And uh, so very, we have parallel lives. Yeah, 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 you do, and and yet God has used— Although I'm not quite the—I <laughs> didn't—yeah, my I had a lot of help in writing one book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah oh, not yeah. exactly— the author and speaker he is so. <laughs> he's, he's a writing machine too it's insane uh but, wrote more than more than a carpenter in 42 hours yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no he literally he does that he'll go lock himself away and sh- but uh here's here's the thing he has the parallel life that you have in the sense of of the forgiveness uh and the surrendering he, his yes, life he, he drove his, to his yeah and, he and, drove to his abuser's home yeah just like i did and forgave him. And his mom did not believe him, just like my mom. Mm. We both we both met our moms in the kitchen of our homes, told them about the abuse, and she didn't. So, so when you when you look at Josh McDowell and you see the, the similarities, uh, do you do you get hope from the fact that here's a guy that God has used greatly to bless others? Because that which should speak volumes to all of us, but especially to someone who's lived through a lot of the same pain that he has. Yes, it's it's the ultimate turning evil into good. Joyce Meyer too. She yeah. was in a victim as a girl and, and look what look what God's done. You know, and that's so there, a, that's there a, is a lot of hope. That's a statement right there. And and for you, look look what God has done. Uh wow. Uh, I'm gonna show people your website real quick. This is on wingslikeeagle eagles.org. 
on wingslikeeagles.org, uh, and you, you can connect with Thomas there, see more about his book if you want to. If you know someone that needs help, that uh, whatever, just reach out uh, if, you, if you want to, uh, and if, if Thomas can be of service to you. But I, I think to end this, Thomas, uh, one, thank you for, for sharing. Uh, it can't be easy to walk through some of those painful memories. Uh, you know, again, I, I would, if it was me, I would just assume block it out and never go back. And I get a lot of people that, that that's what they need to do. But what do you, what do you feel like your message to people should be? And, and not just abusive, uh, victims of abuse, pardon me, but to, to anyone who doesn't have a relationship with God, what, what, what's your message for them? Well, I think that, first of all, there's purpose in our pain. And C.S. Lewis says, pain is a megaphone that rouses a deaf world. And, you know, we live in a broken world. And that God loves you more than you could ever imagine but in order for us to grow, I believe that he is going to allow trials. Some of us will go through more trials than others, but he will be with you every step of the way in the furnace and that he never wastes a hurt, that no matter what we go through, yeah. he will uh, turn evil into good. Yeah. And <laughs> boy, you just, you drop some solid scriptural truth and people that are wrestling with that, keep wrestling with that because you, your healing comes when that becomes truth in your life. Thank yes. you. Thank you again, Thomas. I appreciate your time and I appreciate your, your testimony. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very humbled to be able to share it. You guys out there, if you need to share this with somebody, hit that share button. Uh, obviously, if you haven't subscribed or liked or followed, we invite you to do that. And check out On Wings Like Eagles, the book, and onwingslikeeagles.org. And again, reach out to Thomas if he can help. See you again next time here on Life Today. In God's ever-flowing and abundant springs of grace.